Black Tech Green Money isn't just about telling the stories of successful black entrepreneurs. It's also about giving actionable and wealth building strategies that help you protect the future of our communities. That's why we're pleased to be supported by State Farm Insurance. State Farm also believes that we must invest in our communities to achieve economic growth by sponsoring programs like the AXO, which rewards high school students for their academic achievements. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Hey, everyone. It's our favorite time of the year here at The Black Effect. We're heading to Atlanta for the 2024 Black Effect Podcast Festival, and we're not going alone. Nissan is back as our partner, and they're continuing their Pitch Your Podcast Lounge at the festival, where you'll have the opportunity to pitch your podcast idea live and share it with the Black Effect team. So get those podcast ideas ready. And remember, you can count on Nissan to dial up the thrill in your adventures, no matter where life takes you. Visit blackeffect.com forward slash podcast festival for more details. Welcome to Checking In with Michelle Williams, a production of iHeartRadio and The Black Effect. Listen, I understand that not having money and even having money can cause anxiety. Yes, I said that right. Not having money and even having money can cause anxiety. My next guest is offering a free guide to money making. I hope that got your attention because he's coming up next right here on Checking In. Well, everybody, we are going to get into something truly spectacular. I love when people that I've looked up to for a long time Folks that are cool and when you see each other, it's just like you've been around each other for a long time. And I'm speaking of someone who is an award-winning television and film producer for shows like the Steve Harvey Talk Show, the Jamie Foxx Show, Stephen A's World, and even blockbuster movies like Think Like a Man and Think Like a Man Too. He's also a manager and the co-creator of the popular Neighborhood Awards and money-making conversations. Please welcome Rashawn McDonald. Thank you very much for having me on the show, Michelle. This is awesome. I feel like I'm talking to a friend, a daughter. I can say that. I can say daughter, you know, because of the fact that um, I've watched you grow up and um, and we've sat down and had a lot of great daughter-father-type yeah. conversations yeah. that honestly I feel made me a better person and hopefully it helped you out as well. Absolutely. There was a season of time, y'all, when Rashawn was in Chicago producing a talk show. And I remember I was able to go into his office and being able to steward my time well with someone. I don't like to say, well, take advantage of the time. No, steward the time that you have in someone's presence. And I remember asking him an honest question about like, there's only a couple people that I'll ever say, hey, what what do you see for me in my career? What do you feel like I'm lacking? What do you think I can do more of? And Rashawn was one of those people who was so honest. So that was a while ago. And mm-hmm. I feel like I'm doing one or two of the things that you saw for me, which is talking. Right. I remember the conversation. We actually had several conversations like that. And what happens is eventually you have to live the life you want to live. Because people see talent and they can see talent for how they can make money or they they can move their careers. And and parents do that, too. Parents can live their lives through their children 
And sometimes they'll guide their children in the direction that they want their children to go mm. instead of the direction that the child wants to go, which can lead to a frustrating type relationship. Yeah. So that's really bad. You have to really uh, understand that in order to be successful. Do you find it easy for you to just be so real? Has that always been a part of your character or was that something that you had to build into is the honesty? Well, I think that, first of all, I didn't ever know I was being real. I was just talking. But over the years, especially when I started Money Making Conversation Masterclass, I've learned that I am pretty honest. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then people say that, uh, but it's how you say it, Rashawn. It's not demeaning. You're not trying to make people look bad. You're just reaching into somebody's spirit and just letting them know they can do better. And that's what I'm trying to do. I'm just trying to make everybody know they can do better. And stop shortchanging yourself because people have said this is as far as you can go. Mm. And that's what I always saw in anybody who's super talented like Michelle because, you know, people initially see you as a singer, you know, so they want to keep you over there. They want to keep you over there. When you start acting, they go, okay, that makes sense. And then sometimes people don't value your wisdom and your wisdom is what you're conveying on this show now because you live the life now. And that's what I always tell people, the life that you're living now or have lived allows you to host this show. Ooh, yes. And speaking of, y'all, I'm excited because he's doing things that I want to do or things that I am doing. But right. I love that I get to say, y'all, I'm talking to someone who's creator and host of the number one syndicated weekend show on Black Radio with right. his masterclass, Money Making Conversations. And you provide motivation and business expertise. Is this your calling? I've been doing this since I was 18. And mm. so, and I was, and I always talk about age. There's, there's three key ages for me when I talk to people about what you're doing with your life and what you can do with your life. It's 18, 40, and 60. So at the age of 18, that's when you come out and you really, at the first time in your life, you can either leave home, go to college, leave home, get your job, and you can start making decisions for yourself. You're making decisions because for the first time in your life, you kind of have control of your life. And so there can be this unbridled energy to do what I want to do because I am an adult. Mm. I will be that, that be that person. And so between 18 and 25, that's when either you're making decisions about your life. Now, what decisions you make in your life can change. They can change to marriage. That can change to a military. That can change to a death. And so you can get pushed off your dream between 18 to 25. And so some people never get back on course. Wow. And that's where the frustration hits when they hit 40. They feel that they're not living the life that they want to live. They're just living the life that somebody told them or they engage in a situation that they can't control anymore. So at 40, they don't look the way they want to look. They can be depressed. They work in a job they want to be in. And so basically they are thrown in the towel. Now, when they get to 60, for some reason, somebody's told them, you can retire at 65. I don't know who told somebody that, but that's a lie. You cannot retire at 65. Yeah. You can only live a life that you have created. And so 18, you unbridled freedom. I'm going to live a life. I'm going to be a champion. I'm going to be a Viking. I'm going to be the one. <laughs> Something happens between 18 and 25. Pushes you off your dream. It may cause you to quit college. It may cause you to get married because you might have a relationship that made it happen that way. Either way... At 40, if you're not living the life you want to live, you're frustrated, you're mad, you're angry, 
And then at 60, you want somebody to take care of you. And that's the point when I step in, when people start using age as an excuse uh-huh. as to why they cannot live their dreams. Okay. I was about to say that you talk about age not being an excuse. Yes. So what about someone who may feel like, well, I didn't have a father growing up. I didn't, or I didn't see my mother being a hustler, meaning hustler, meaning going after things, not procrastinating. Can that be an excuse? Well, I think that everybody has an excuse as to why they're not successful. I can have an excuse that I'm a black male and all the black women are getting all the jobs now because Mm -hmm. somehow white men are comfortable around black women. So first of all, push the word excuse out of your vocabulary. Be motivated by who you are and what you're capable of. And so what has to happen, Michelle, you have to, as an individual, look in the mirror and say, am I doing the things that I am capable of doing or I'm just doing the things that I want to do? Mm. Key difference right there. Okay. Are you doing the things that you are capable of doing or are you just doing the things that you want to do? Because you can do it. But are you really capable of doing that? And that eventually you're going to hit a bump in the road. They're going to tell you you're in the wrong lane. Let me tell you something. The reason why I asked that question, because there was a season where I almost fell into you know, my my parents. I grew up in a two parent household, but I was like, man, I wish I saw them hustling a little more. I wish I saw a little more. Go get them. And so I blamed them. For there was a season where I didn't feel like I was getting up to go get it. Like, well, I didn't right. see my parents right. go get it. And it's like, sometimes you have to look at maybe goals that you set or certain benchmarks that you want to reach. That should be your motivation or your excuse of as to why you haven't done something. Not because of an environment. I think, though, people that have maybe been brought up in difficult, challenging environments, it may seem like it might be a little more difficult because you also talk about mindset. Right. And so people probably could listen to this podcast and be like, well, Rashawn, you're this, you have the number one show. What do you know? But it's like, it's the mindset. Okay. That means you need to hear my journey then. I come from a two bedroom shotgun house in Fifth Ward, which is in Houston, Texas, inner city, six sisters, two brothers. My father had a third grade education. He was a truck driver. Mm. My mom did graduate from high school. That was the life I was born into. But I was a dreamer though, Michelle. I dreamed. What I saw on TV, I thought was possible. Mm-hmm. But also what happens is, is who surrounds you is key as well. Now, when I was 15 years old, my first job my father gave me he was a truck driver, so he took me to one of these trucking companies there and gave me a job. Mm. I hired my son. And that was the first time I was around adult black men, okay? And they were all driving forklifts. They were driving these little hot cars and everything. And guess what? I don't care how good my grades were. When I graduated from high school, I wanted to be a forklift driver. I didn't want to go to college. Mm. I wanted to be a forklift driver. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And guess what? When I graduated from high school, I got a job as a forklift driver. Despite being in the top percent of my class, despite people telling me I'm super smart, I had settled that this is all I could be and this is all I wanted to be. But people around me said, oh, no, you're better than that. Mm-hmm. So move a month. I dropped a box on this guy's hand because I didn't know how to drive a forklift. Mm-hmm. Like I said, is that a job you're capable of doing, Rashawn? No, that was a job I wanted to do. They fired me. <laughs> 
They fired me. So my high school teacher, Mrs. Trailer, Linda Trailer, she had filled out a college application to the University of Houston, had me sign it. I just signed whatever she put in front of me. She said, well, well won't you go to college? I said, it's too late. She said, no, you, you got to accept it at the University of Houston. That's how I got in college. So I got in college because somebody saw something in me that I didn't see in myself and stewarded me in the right direction. Mm. And so that started the journey of me trying to figure out who I was. Now, I still didn't know who I was because it took me seven years to graduate from college. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I graduated with a degree in mathematics. So that meant that I had to mature. I had to learn discipline. I had to learn goals. I had to learn all these things as I went along. And so I didn't, I wasn't on that four year track. I was just on a life track of understanding who Rashawn could be and would be. Oh, that's so good. Not a four year track, but a life track. So that just kind of means because <laughs> I mean, that's that's amazing because people think, OK, well, I got to do this. OK, go to school in four years. OK, go do this and go do this in a certain amount of years. And that's why I was excited to ask you the question, certainly about mindset. And um, thank you definitely for sharing your journey and path, because some people only see the results of the grind. And social media, for sure, everybody's not showing their grind. We're all showing the success, but you didn't have social media growing up. So even if you could, you couldn't show the grind, but we all see the fruit of the grind and uh, your success. Hey, everyone. I am so excited. The Black Effect is live. This April 27th, the 2024 Black Effect Podcast Festival is headed to Atlanta's very own Pullman Yards. Last year was incredible, and this year will be even more thrilling, especially with Nissan coming back along for the ride. Nissan is returning with some empowering activations to support Black excellence in the STEAM fields. Have a podcast idea you've been eager to share with the culture? Well, Nissan is back with a Pitch Your Podcast Lounge. You'll have the chance to record your podcast idea and have it shared with a Black Effect podcast network team. But that's not all. Nissan is taking the stage to spotlight some of the HBCU scholars from their own Thrill of Possibility Summit, Nissan's action-packed weekend of community building, mentorship, and professional development for HBCU scholars pursuing professions in STEAM. The Black Effect Podcast Festival is the event to be at. You won't want to miss this because no matter where life takes you, Nissan will dial up the thrill of your adventures. Visit blackeffect.com forward slash podcast festival for more details. State Farm Insurance gets it. Representation alone doesn't equate to authenticity. State Farm understands and wants to help protect our communities by investing in our future, building off the hard work our parents have done before us. We all are looking to create generational wealth so that our families and generations behind us have a better starting point than we did. That begins with financial literacy. State Farm helps fund programs like Project Ready, a National Urban League program committed to the educational achievement of Black and Brown youth. To date, participants have been awarded over $11 million in scholarships offers as a direct result of contributions from State Farm. At Eating Wallbrook, we hear inspiring rags-to-riches stories on each episode from our guests, but with State Farm, you can begin to write your own success story. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities and have a long-lasting impact. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Wanted to pivot back to your money making guide. You share about not making certain mistakes, okay? Right. 
No hobbies, no vacations, no dating time. That seems counterintuitive. How are those mistakes for money making? Because of the fact that I'm going to share honest stories. When I was managing Steve Harvey, I first started managing Steve Harvey in 2000. I was so afraid to get off the wheel, so afraid to mm. step away from the mission that for two and a half years, I didn't take a break. I didn't take a vacation. And I almost physically shut down. In fact, Steve and I walked away from each other at that time because I couldn't take it anymore. Mm. So I know the value of self-time, me time, and also understanding how to calm down and also understand how to deal with stress. And so that's why I'm very good at it, because what I do is I tell people what's on my mind and not walk away saying, I wish I would have told them that. No, no. When I walk away. I've said what I had to say to you. Now, you can come back if you want to, and I have more to say to you. And I think that that's where I really built that personality of being able to talk to people in an honest conversation about how they can be successful because I've made those mistakes, Michelle. I've made those fearful moments, you know, fearful of walking away from a relationship, whether it's an emotional relationship, a financial relationship, a business relationship. My relationship was business and I didn't mm. want to walk away from it because I feared that if I walked away, then my flaws would be seen. I will show that I couldn't really do the job. And that's how everybody lives their life on a regular basis. We live our life in fear until you unplug that fear out of your life. Then you will constantly wake up not being successful. You might be ahead of the game, but you're not successful. Yeah. Those are two very, very different things. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes, I mean, people say, wow, you, you managed Steve Harvey from, like you said, 2000 to 2002. You walked away. But at some point came back because <laughs> I saw you some years later in Chicago uh, <laughs> when he had uh, the talk show. I mean, I'm not trying to even get into your business or the ins and outs of the second time. Absolutely. You can ask. Y'all uh, mm -hmm. are no longer working together. But the first time to walk away mm -hmm. at the top of the game. Right. And then now to come back, was was it friendship that brought you back? Relationship? Not burning a bridge? Let me tell you something about success. Success is really interesting. You get to the point in your life where you want people to feel sorry for you when you're successful. You really do. You want sympathy. <laughs> you want sympathy for being number one. You know, you, oh, it's hard work. Y'all don't know. You've used in my shoes. Okay. No, I'm not in your shoes. Mm -hmm. I wish I was in your shoes, but I can't be in your shoes because you are very, very special. So once you have to admit that you're special, then a responsibility comes with that. I had to admit to myself that I was special. I was unique. I could do something that nobody else could do. Stop trying to act like you're average, Rashawn. Stop. You're not average. Did you shrink in certain rooms? Like, man... Your light is bright. You smile. You like to laugh. You're very charismatic. So are you saying like parts of you when you would go into certain rooms, certain events that you kind of dimmed your light? No, no. What happens is in anybody who's on a path of trying to be successful or being successful, you just get tired. And you know what happens, Michelle? You don't know who you can talk to. Mm -hmm. You don't know. It's like, for instance, if you're leading an army and you're a general, you can't tell the soldiers that you're scared. Correct. Or they're not going to fight. If the general is scared, what's, what's on the other side of that hill? Okay. 
And so what happens is when you're that general, when you're that leader and you're doing unique things, and remember Steve Harvey and I, we did a life of unique things. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yep. And because we did a lot of unique things, being an African-American, I didn't know who I could talk to, nor there was anybody I could talk to because we were doing so many unique things. So my path to success was always based on natural instinct and the ability to rationalize and multitask at a very high level. So with that being said, you tend to want to find sympathy, but you can't tell anybody where it's at because you don't want people to show any weakness to anyone. Yes. So it's, it's an interesting world that you can create, but you have to denounce it so you can move forward. Come on, denounce it so you can move forward. Denounce it and maybe somehow <laughs> magically someone will appear on your path that you can share something with. Because I want to say when you can't share something with somebody, how do you cope? How do you manage? And I feel like the the topic of mental health is huge right now. Because one of the things, especially in successful men, is who can you talk to? And I'm definitely you definitely feel like I can't go to no therapist. Uh, that's either that's for weak people or somebody with a mental illness. Or And therapy definitely is not just for people who have a mental illness. It is for people who feel like they can't talk to somebody and share stuff with somebody. At least that is what I found. Can you speak on the state of your mental health at that time? I probably should have talked to somebody, seriously, okay. but I didn't know where to go. I didn't know. So I had to deal with this energy. I don't drink or smoke. I don't do drugs. I don't drink coffee. So everything that happens in my life is on a level of consciousness that I'm very much aware of what's going on because I can't numb any of my senses, nor can I accelerate them. Okay. So when you, when you look at a person like me, then if I would have had somebody who was uh, anonymous, that I could have laid on the couch, just pour my heart out to that person. And they turn around and say, it's okay, Rashawn. Mm -hmm. I will be refreshed. Mm -hmm. So, and that goes back to what I'm saying earlier about a general who's leading a group of soldiers into war can't tell them he's afraid. But if he was in a therapeutic situation where he could lay down, nobody was aware of this, then he, he could be comfortable to tell that person what he's afraid of and he will become a better person and a better leader. Because it's all right to be afraid. It really is. Mm -hmm. It's all right to have fears. It's all right to walk into the unknown and not expect to know what's going to happen. That's part of life. And so many people don't want to quit jobs. They don't, don't want to end relationships. They don't want to move out of the country or move to another state because yeah. they Unknown. The fear of the unknown. I know for me, I'm a little nosy. Yes. And I be wanting to know, like, well, what's going to happen? Or always weighing the pros and cons, which sometimes I feel is wise, but sometimes it's like, girl, just go out there. <laughs> go for it. Go for it. Because the saying is true. How will you know if you don't even try? Mm -hmm. And that's the problem. So many of us are sitting at home reasoning, analyzing, weighing the pros and cons. And we're spending so much time doing more of that than we are executing a goal, a vision that we want to do. Because we're so busy even focusing on the what if it fails right? and you don't even try. Do you think money and making money is tied into one's emotional state? I think that because life tells you that money is the parameter to success. 
Yeah. But what people don't realize about money is that you always want more. And so it is a catch 22. So the money I make today, if I could live and had the mentality to live the lifestyle I was in college, it would be incredible. Mm-hmm. I can't. So I'm going to get the car. The car going to cost more insurance. <laughs> I'm going to have to move in the neighborhood so the car don't get stolen. I'm going to have to move in the neighborhood where I have to feel safe with the car that I drive. And if I sleep mm. in that, I feel that I can sleep in a bed that I'm going to wake up in the next day and get in the same car and drive off. So that means that when you make money, it drives you to make more money. And it puts you in a rat wheel. And that's what people live in on a daily basis, a rat wheel. And that's why people live on these 30-day cycles. I tell people, try to push your life to a 90-day cycle. And then from a 90-day cycle, financial cycle, yes. a six-month cycle, and you can relax. You will never relax if you're living on a 30-day cycle. That wheel is winning every time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the exhaustion of trying to keep up with all of that. We know that inflation is bonkers. I was looking at something yesterday, even just the price of something as random as carrots in the grocery store, like four or six bucks for a bushel of carrots, right? What financial advice would you give to people who are in this situation who are seemingly living check to check and how also I was reading that by next year, you'll need an extra 400 a month to live the current lifestyle you have right now. Well, you have to make adjustments. Okay, I am what people call successful. I looked up at my um, direct TV bill was like $300-something a month. Mm-mm. Okay. And I live in two homes, two different cities. And I went, okay, that seems kind of high. And so then I looked at Hulu, which gave me comparable channels. Because even though I had all those channels, I only watched about 20 of them. Okay. Know that. Your, hab- your, your viewing habits, and you should understand your viewing habits mm-hmm. and reading habits and listening habits. And once you understand that, then you should live your life tied to that and not overlive opportunity. So I went from three hundred and some dollars a month to seventy nine dollars a month. That's a nice bit of savings. Mm-hmm. Okay? And so what people have to do is start making adjustments based on the lifestyle that they really live. Now, y'all, this is coming from someone who we know he's successful, just said he has two homes in two different cities and still was able to look at his cable bill and say, yeah, no, nah, we, we got to make some adjustments here. Speaking of, I looked at a charge that came through the other day. It was from a subscription service that mm-hmm. I don't even use. Thank you. So I guess some advice that you're saying, too, is even look up certain subscription services or stuff you forgot about, too. You have to audit yourself, Michelle. From a financial perspective, you have to audit yourself. And it's not something that's going to be overnight. It's a 90 day audit you have to get because you want to see what's coming through on your bills. Okay, like I I run a company. It's 3815 Media. And so Adobe's an expert, one of the tech people. I'm the tech that represents your account. And so they looked at my account. They go, you got a company account, 3850 Media, and then you have a personal Adobe. She said, you don't even use that Adobe. I said, can I cancel? Yes. She said, okay, so you have this account over here. It's just dormant. And I'm paying like $79 a month for these accounts. All right. Mm-hmm. And so I'm just spending money because I have not audited myself. And so people have to audit themselves if they want to correct it's not inflation you should be worried about. It's you, you should be worried about yourself first. You are the walking, talking inflation in your life. Drops a bomb there. <laughs> I'm just telling you. Because everybody wants life to be easy, Michelle. They want to be able to go, okay, I pulled my bill from last month. That's what's happening. No, 
You can pull your bill from last month. Now then look at the next two months and find out these different bills because living a life, see, credit cards are very slick. They have different ways where they can get you. Sometimes they go free trial, but they do a free trial, but you have to put your credit card information in there. Yep. So free trial, you forget. Next thing you know, nine ninety nine, nine ninety nine, nine ninety nine, nine ninety nine. And I'm just talking really honest to everybody. It was this company, Gov Direct or something like it was an RFP company to get government contracts. Well, I looked at my September bill, and it was like a, a fifteen hundred dollar bill on there. I went, huh? And then I realized that it was one of those free trials. Ooh. I did a free trial. And they renewed it $1,500. And guess what? I had to pay that. Then I called them up. I go, okay, how do I cancel this? But I couldn't cancel because it paid for the whole year. But I got it off. So when it renews this September, I won't get billed. You won't get billed. So the trick of the credit card free trial is winning out there for the companies that requested you fill in that information. Mm-hmm. Y'all, he's talking so real. But that's one of the ways, like you said, before you know it, say $1,500, that's a month for you, Rashawn. For some of folks that are listening, that could be the difference between $1,500 a year for someone. And I think the difference that it could make. I'm not an accountant, by the way. We got to give a full disclaimer out here. I know I'm not a financial advisor, but I'm just saying that could be the difference between $1,500 $1,500 a month or $1,500 per year, even if we can just look at some of those quote unquote free trials. Yo, I'm hype. The Black Effect is live. This April 27th, the 2024 Black Effect Podcast Festival is headed down to Atlanta's very own Pullman Yards. Last year was incredible, and this year will be even more thrilling, especially with Nissan coming back along for the ride. Nissan is returning with some empowering activations to support black excellence in the STEAM fields. Have a podcast idea you've been eager to share with the culture? Well, Nissan is back with the Pitch Your Podcast Lounge. You'll have the chance to record your podcast idea and share it with the Black Effect Podcast Network team. But that's not all. Nissan is taking the stage to spotlight some of the HBCU scholars from their own Thrill of Possibility Summit. Nissan's action-packed weekend of community building, mentorship, and professional development for HBCU scholars pursuing professions in STEAM. The Black Effect Podcast Festival is the event to be at. You will not want to miss this. Because no matter where life takes you, Nissan will dial up the thrill in your adventures. Visit blackeffect.com slash podcast festival for more details. Seeing our communities grow and thrive is something we care deeply about here at Black Tech Green Money. State Farm Insurance also cares about the growth of black communities. They're actively investing in programs and initiatives that help provide financial literacy, give early career advice, and grow black-owned businesses, thus leading to generational wealth, which helps protect the future of our communities. We want to build a future that we all can be proud of. State Farm understands that representation alone doesn't equate to authenticity. It also requires active sponsorship of programs like the AXO, a year-long program that recognizes and rewards high school students for their academic and cultural achievements, along with funding programs like Project Ready, a national urban league program committed to educational achievement of black and brown youth that has awarded over $11 million in scholarship offers to date. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities and can have a long-lasting impact. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. People who make money like to save money. And do. I shop with coupons. <laughs> I go to Kroger's all the time. And Kroger's, I joined their little club, okay? So Kroger's knows my shopping habits. So every month, they send me coupons. They send me a free carton of eggs. They send me a free half a gallon of orange juice. What? 
to go by and they give me discounts on avocados and onions and a cereal. And guess what? I go in that store, my coupons, and I use them. Okay. By the way, y'all, he says avocados and onions because the man throws down. If y'all could just go look at his Instagram account. By the way, <laughs> I know I'm wrong because I was on like a 10 pound or 20 pound <laughs> challenge to gain weight. And he was going to help me, y'all, because or he'll even tell you food recommendations on his Instagram. So when you said onions and avocado, it made me think back to y'all because he he really cooks. I have a building in Peachtree. I bought it. So one acre property behind my building. I have a garden <gasps> this weekend. I will be planting cucumbers. I'll be planting bell peppers, jalapeno peppers, sweet banana peppers, collard greens. Brussels sprouts, strawberries. Yes. And that amount of food that comes out of my garden every year is incredible. Plus, it's really cool to do it, too. But I have beefsteak tomatoes. I have cherry tomatoes. You know, like I said, but banana pepper, which I love to death. I got my white onions. So I go in the garden and I make me a cucumber, tomato, white onion salad with some vinegar and salt and pepper. Bam. I use the tomatoes. Woo! jalapeno peppers, chop them bad boys up and make me a salsa with those white onions. (laughs) Boom. And so all this is fresh. All this comes out of my garden. And all this is just not only saving me money, but making me feel good about myself because I'm being entertained. Yes. Through this in my office garden. And nobody told me I couldn't. But we sit around here. We can do this in the house. If you have an apartment, you can do little potty pots and all that good stuff. Last year, I had cantaloupe. I had watermelon out in my garden. I have a great time with my garden. Wow. See, y'all, go to his Instagram page, Rashawn (laughs) McDonald. R-U-S-H-I-O-N-M-C-D-O-N-A-L-D. It's verified, so you'll know it's him. Oh, all this goodness. The other day, he made chicken stir fry. Honey, (laughs) rice, eggs, Bacon and that good old broil. I can tell this is broil toast, honey. <laughs> that butter. It's the way that butter melt on that. Bro- there you go. That is butter put on Baby. the toast. You put it in the oven. Come on, that. Drop it in the toaster. Mm-hmm. Then you put the butter. No, this old school toast. I know that toast when I see it. <laughs> He's just not an Emmy Award winning television producer. He is mm. a foodie. Just yes. like me. I know it don't look like it. Celebrity Baker. <laughs> Y'all saw his Instagram page again, Rashawn McDonald. Rashawn's Kitchen, money-making conversations, and the creator of the HBCU Awards. By the way, I'm not going to hold you long. I definitely want to get into that lastly about what you are doing in support of HBCU, which stands for Historically Black Colleges and Universities. Well, you know, I went to uh, University of Houston in Houston, Texas, which is right down the street from Texas Southern in Third Ward. Uh-uh. In 2020, when um, Mackenzie Scott was making made $4.1 billion in donations to HBCUs. But prior to that, I'd gotten with Stephen A. Smith. I'm his business manager, and he graduated from HBCU, went to Salem State, in fact. Hmm. And I, we went to ESPN and asked him to do a live broadcast in Wilmington, Delaware. There was no sporting event. There was no Philadelphia game because Wilmington, Delaware is between Baltimore and Philadelphia. So they go, why not Philadelphia? No, we want to do it here because Delaware State is right there in Wilmington. Okay. We're not on the campus. They said, will 5,000 people show up? I said, yeah. And 5,000 people showed up and 3,500 students showed up for the college fair to go to college. And there was about $4 million in scholarship (gasps) dollars raised. 
Whoa. And so fast forward to 2020, during the year of COVID, we did two days on air with ESPN and roughly raised like $12 million in scholarship opportunities. So the COVID really hurt a lot of our young students. This is about black excellence now, yeah. everybody. Yeah. So I'm going to a HBCU campus like Texas Southern, and I'm telling, asking them, I want to bring other HBCUs on your campus for a fair. And they go, I'm cool with it. I've done it at Alabama State. I've done it at Clark Atlanta University. I've done it at Winston-Salem State. And it's phenomenal. And everywhere I go, once I leave those campuses, their enrollment rises. Mm -hmm. So I'm doing my part as an individual. God has blessed me, Michelle. My gift is marketing and promotion. I can market anything. I can create a plan of action that will make people show up. And so now I'm using that to take those four letters, HBCU, and make them as important to the academic community as Ivy League. Yes. Well, y'all, this is just a great example because, you know, there could be some people say, you know, successful people don't give back. Mm -hmm. But Rashawn McDonald is someone who gives back his time and talent. And like you said, you know how to market. So why not use that to market something that could maybe not see the same marketing as something else like HBCU who might not see that same spotlight. So thank you for that. And you guys, one of the last quotes he just said is, don't be afraid to admit you don't know something because asking for help can save you time and money. And that's what he is all about in money making conversations. Rashawn, (laughs) thank you so much for checking in with us this week. Anytime you need me, I'll be there for you. You know, I love you. I love you you too. Y'all again, Rashawn McDonald, Making Money Conversations, which is the number one syndicated weekend show on Black Radio. We'll see y'all again soon. Hey, y'all, I hope that conversation, because this was not an interview to me. It was more so like a conversation. He was just saying things that was sparking so many observations, statements, and perspectives that I have. And I'm glad to talk to somebody who's got so much wisdom and so many areas, but he seems to make it all make sense. I hope y'all were inspired and encouraged today. Rashawn can sometimes seem like he's hard or meaning he really keeps it real on his delivery, but he loves you. He cares about you and he just wants to see you thrive and work in the giftings that he knows you can like really excel in. And I think that is incredible. I remember going to him about some things that I really, really wanted to do, something that I felt I could excel in, some things that I thought I was great in. But at the time, others were kind of like, no, we think you should be doing this. This will help you get to where you want to be. And I understand that sometimes you got to do things you don't want to do in order to do the things that you want to do. But I guess at that time, I felt like I had already done the things that I didn't want to do to end up doing the things that I'm doing now, which is what I want to do. There could be people that are like, well, why would you do something like the mass Singer? Because it's what I wanted to do. It's what I want to do. I'm literally in the place thanking people like Rashawn McDonald that encouraged me. I am doing what I want to do, right? With the sprinkle of things that I have to do, right? And don't ever get to a place where you forget about the things that you had to do 
Because some of those things are some of the things that you probably still should be doing because those are the things that can get you to where you are and things that got you to where you are. So I can't negate or abandon certain foundational things, right? People that are successful, shucks, probably way more successful than I still have a certain routine that they do in the morning. They stay focused on our particular goal and they don't deviate from that goal. There are some of y'all listening that I even kind of have a cool social media relationship with. And I see like huge things for you. And it just warms my heart to see you focus and not deviate from the things that you want to do. So I'm just encouraging you continue to even make those social media posts, whether it's encouraging people. There's someone, her name is Miracle. She's probably listening, but she is incredible. I love seeing her get on social media and encourage people. She says what God has laid on her heart and people see what you're doing. And I just want to encourage every single one of you. People see what you're doing. They also see what you're not doing that you could be doing. So just get out there. Don't worry about family support. Don't worry about friend support because a lot of your support is probably going to come from the people that don't know you. So just be encouraged. Don't sit on that dream. Don't sit on that goal because your parents aren't supporting you. They will support you one day. Okay. And it's not that people don't believe in you. They're probably fearful that you're going to spend all your money on this goal and it's going to fail. Well, again, how do you know unless you try? So I just, I I didn't got into a whole rant because I love you. I love everybody that listens to Checking In. I hope and pray that you've been encouraged. Thank you again for checking in. Please come back soon. All right. Come back next week. Listen to who I'm going to have next week. All right. (laughs) Love y'all. Checking in with Michelle Williams is a production of iHeartRadio and The Black Effect. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. State Farm Insurance knows that understanding and investing in our cultural identity is paramount in protecting our future. We know what it's like to go from nothing to something, to wish that we had better financial literacy when we were younger. Luckily, State Farm is here to help. With funding programs like Project Ready, which is committed to education achievement and has already awarded over $11 million in scholarship offers to black and brown youth since 2021. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. AT&T connects an ode to podcast. Connect the alarm, change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze, 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower, lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work and traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T.